Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. <clears throat> yes, we're here again at Health Matters. Thank you for joining us. With any luck at all, we'll be joined by uh, today by Dr. Len Saputo, who's going to be at Reader's Books on the 27th of August. That's a week from tomorrow. And he's going to be presenting his new book called A Return to Healing, A Radical Reform for the Future of Medicine. It's uh, <clears throat> I don't think I've read a single book that has been more in harmony with my personal feelings on this topic, and I'm hoping that our listeners today will enjoy uh, uh, that, uh, when Dr. Saputo joins us. Um, and I, before we actually get to his call, I'd like to read from the the flyleaf of the book because it sort of lays out the story pretty well, and then I'll act, ask Dr. Saputo himself to sort of r reveal for our audience the um, his perspective about what he thinks this book is about. He says, a 20th, the 20th century brought us the mixed blessings of commercially driven Parentheses, disease care medicine. But the 21st century, says veteran primary care physician Len Saputo, MD, is witnessing the ascendancy of integrated integral health medicine based on serving patients. For several decades, this rapidly emerging medical paradigm has supported a renaissance in our understanding of lifelong wellness. In this timely book, Dr. Saputo presents the inspiring story of this new medicine and reveals how it can unlock the door to a healthcare system that works for all Americans. Corporatized medicine only gets to work once disease occurs. Integral health medicine, on the other hand, prioritizes prevention and non-invasive treatments as the first line of defense. Its treatments foster our natural self-healing abilities within a holistic model of human health. And it is integrative, blending the best evidence solutions from both mainstream and alternative healing modalities while remaining mindful of the environmental and social aspects of disease. Disease care medicine's obsession with treating symptoms for profit drives up the cost of health care. And with nearly half of us lacking the adequate health insurance, how do we deliver care to every American? Saputo and copywriter uh, Byron Belisos argue that the single-payer natural health system, health insurance, is necessary but insufficient solution, underline the word insufficient. Uh, a genuine reform to healing requires that we combine regulatory reform with support for a transformed medical paradigm. Such a radically reformed system will also guarantee all citizens the right to choose their preferred medical treatments. Dr. Saputo's uh, novel presentation for change draws upon this frontline work as co-founder of the health medicine movement and originator of one of America's first integrative medical clinics. 
studded with essential wisdom for healthy living and with com- compelling stories drawn from 40 years of practice, a return to healing is, a r- rich, is rich in the latest research in both biomedical science and healthcare policy, and is a superb guide, guide to the future of medicine. I think from my reading of the book, I think that's a pretty accurate description of the book. So um, while we're waiting for Dr. Saputo's call, we'll do our announcements. And our announcements today are relatively brief. Um, as I mentioned bef- before, one, one of our favorites, um, local herbalists, uh, Allison Kelly, is doing again her Earth, Earthen Arts and Herbs Open House Herb Shop, an opening uh, at uh, her little store at 19325 uh, Quigley Lane in Sonoma. That's Riverside and Arnold. Um, on the 24th, or right, right that, the 23rd on Sunday, she has another open house where she's going to be talking, offering herb products, uh, locally made, handcrafted items. It's called she calls it Great Owl Herbs and Herbal Body Products, medicinals, bulk herbs, hand knitted hats, and more. Sunday the 23rd, one nine three two five Quigley Lane. For more information, you can call nine three five nine three four seven. Um, on Saturday, the 29th, this is, we mentioned this last week on Health Matters, um, the, our local ecology center is, um, is inviting the public to join on a free water wisdom tour of the Sonoma Valley watershed treatment plant and the wetland enhancement and reclamation project. Sonoma Valley has got a major, I'm coming off the text here, Sonoma Valley has a major challenge with regard to water. And it's one of the ecology's perspectives is it's 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 going to be very helpful and handy and essential really for the citizens to understand what the nature of the water situation is in the valley. And so this is a chance that the ecology center is putting together. Hence the the, the terms water wisdom tour. The tour begins at 9 a.m. at the Sonoma Wastewater Treatment Plant. That's at 22675 8th Street East in Sonoma. And while at the plant, the participants will view the primary sedimentation tanks, the secondary treatments, and we'll talk about the microorganisms and so on. And then the tour will move uh, along on a caravan along 121 to bring your own and bring your own lunch. And you can talk all about the wetlands enhancement. And the tour will have a view and discussion of the benefits of wetlands and how they provide habitat for native birds and other species. The vineyard manager from the Domain Shandong in Yonville will join the participants and will share the benefits of the winery and the environment uh, gained by using reclaimed water. So the tour is primarily in outdoors, and so wear easy walking, uh, comfortable shoes, and bring a hat and a refillable water bottle. Space is limited, so reservations are suggested. Call Julie Jelly, Jelly, I guess it is, 996-0712 or extension 115 or email julie at sonomaecologycenter.org. So that's for the Water Wisdom Tour, August the 29th. Should be of something of significant uh, interest for those people who want to pay attention to the primary source of our capacity to, to stay here in the valley, our water. So... Uh, Dr. Saputo should be with us in about two minutes. And so while we're waiting for his call, 
I might read something from the book. Um, and do I have that chosen or do I not? I guess I don't, so I can do it here quickly. Um, bear with me a minute here. And I will come up with this. Uh, well, we'll just start with the introduction. Here it is. Just about every know, everybody knows that America's healthcare system is in deep trouble. Too many people are ill. Too many medical treatments are dangerous and even deadly. And basic health care is unaffordable for a large portion of the population. Despite the much vaulted invasion of health care by market efficiencies of the last decades, the system is nonetheless approaching economic disaster. The evidence is all around us. As medical costs continue to skyrocket each year, our health care system, if we, we can even call it a system, has become the leading cause of personal bankruptcy. Health care costs now 18% of the gross domestic product, three or f- two or three times as much as that of comparable nations, and while the quality of care is declining when comparable with, the, with, the, the, uh, with these same countries. In fact, the medical care system in the United States is not, does not perform like other businesses in the modern world, which must adapt to meet individual needs and preferences with increasing efficiency. Instead, today's managed care is increasingly impersonal, standardized, is frustrating to most patients and physicians, and relies more than ever on expensive drugs of questionable value. It it has also become clear that we cannot unconditionally trust medical research, the pharmaceutical industries, or even the FDA to set standards that guide our physicians to create the treatment strategies by which we live or die. As I will show in this book, Even the supposition that medicine is always based on solid science is simply not true. It was 30 years ago the renowned sociologist Ivan Illich published Medical Nemesis, a prescient indictment of modern medicine in which he wrote, had itself become a major threat to health. Today, the problems posed by our medical, industrial, pharmaceutical, government complex loom larger than Illich's original readers could have imagined, and here's our guest. Welcome to Health Matters. Hi, this is Dr. Len Saputo. Well, Dr. Len Saputo, we have just delved into the first part of your introduction, and we're very happy to have you with us. Well, excellent. Good. Thank you for joining us. Okay, Um, and this is Ned? It is indeed. Nice to talk with you. Nice to talk with you. Um, uh, I could call you Len? Yeah, absolutely. And you can call me Ned, and we can just be like that instead of Dr. Doctor. Yeah, that's great. Are you an MD, too? I am, indeed. I'm oh, an awesome. OM, I'm an OMD rather than an MD, but oh, that's, MD, that's even better. MD still. Excellent. And we have, I'll tell you, uh, Len, we have so many friends in common reading your book it enabled me to go back pretty much over my entire life in medicine. I mean, I take it a little aside here. I mean, whether it's Dick Coonan or oh, Dick, yeah, well, or, or or just the whole thing. Your your discovery of the uh, Alyssa uh, intestinal permeability world. Yeah, all these things. I mean, these are all we all we have so many similar touchstones, and so I should probably acknowledge that to my audience right right away because mm-hmm. much of our our. Are what we've learned along the way has, has, has found so much in common between Len and myself. Mm-hmm. So, at any rate, uh, maybe for our audiences, I, actually, your introduction really, and also the flyleaf of the book, kind of does ask, or does that as answer what I was just about to ask you. I was, I was going to ask you to sort of give our audience a um, 
what is your central argument in this book? What, how, and so, so if you would uh, indulge us with a, a few of the statements that you think kind of really get to the core message of this text. Okay, just fly by the seat of your pants, ask me anything you want, and don't worry about uh, protecting me. Just come <laughs> right at me full bore with, with everything you can to attack well, and, and, I, unfortunately, you know, I don't have that privilege because I'm on the same side of the fence as you. Well, I know so. you are, but there may be things that you just wonder about, or or maybe other people would wonder about, and and so well, you don't have to handle it with kid gloves. Just come after. Oh me. well, I'm not afraid of that at all. Believe me, and, good, I, good. and I and I see that by the way you write, you certainly must not be that that afraid yourself. And not I, at all. I and I well, I of course you've you've learned not to be afraid. Mm-hmm. The, the, maybe you should maybe you should tell us the story. About when you when you uh, you ordered a CDSA for somebody, and next thing you know you're you're in front of the medical board and you're right. spending thousands of dollars. Tell us that story. Yeah, sure, happy to. Yeah. Okay, are we? Is this live or we live are right today? now? We are talking to the world. Oh, we're on live now. Yes, sir. Awesome! I didn't know that. That's oh, even well, better. <laughs> well, now you now you know. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So you want to hear the story of? Well, I, I just you said you t- t- you know. Tell, take a take a difficult one. Well, that that might be a diff- little bit of a difficult. I mean, it, it might be revelatory for people. That okay, be... that's good. Yeah, no, this was a very exciting thing that happened in not a positive <laughs> way. Right. I remember uh, in my being in my office, I getting this call. Right. Uh, and they said, "Is this Doctor Leonard Saputo?" I said, "Yes." And they said, "This is a California Medical Board, and uh, you should go get an attorney because we're coming to take your license away." And I got, well, do you want to talk about this first? You want to tell me what, to, what you're planning to do to me? Yeah. And uh, they said, no, but there's a chart that we would like you to forward to us. And if you don't do that within the next two weeks, we're going to charge you $1,000 a day for it. Wow. I'm going, what is this? You know, we should have some kind of conversation here so I know at least what the problem is. Right. And that was it. It was goodbye. Just do that. So I had to hire an attorney and uh, find out what was going on. And eventually it comes to be that an insurance company, which turns out to be Aetna, I'm very happy to mention their name, Yes, uh, because I'm not particularly fond of insurance companies anyway, right. uh, has come after me because I've ordered two tests, or three tests, excuse me, a comprehensive digestive stool analysis, an intestinal permeability, right. and the third test is looking at essential fatty acid profile, which looks at different kinds of essential fatty acids and right. how they're working in the body. Very scientific things to do. Yeah. And I'm going, what? You know, the patient that I had didn't complain. Uh, the, the, the problem was is the insurance company didn't want to pay for the test. So they said, uh, go get Saputo because he keeps writing, me the, writing us these letters saying that we should pay for a test, and we never heard of it. Wow. <laughs> so they go and they find at a local uh, medical center where I happened to actually be teaching at the time. I'm not going to mention the name of the center. It's a teaching institution. Okay. Uh, they find a general practitioner there, and they run the test by him, and practitioners never heard of them. He hasn't, and so, heard, of it. He hasn't heard of it either. Yeah. No, so he <laughs> says, this guy Saputo's crazy. Right. Go get him. You know, take his license away. And so to make a long story short, it turns out uh, that these tests are, are so new at, or, or relatively new to the mainstream that we're just learning about it. But they're giving continuing medical education credits, Category 1 credits, for people taking the course. So I mentioned that to them, and that was sort of like the end of the story. But that's $15,000 later, after I've spent all this money, and, uh, uh, and uh, I get off of it, but I don't get reimbursed for it because you can't sue your medical board. They can only sue you. <laughs> right. 
So that was my introduction to my medical board, which at the time was really pretty polarized for doctors who are on the cutting edge. And uh, it and uh, it was really disappointing to see that we had to, to be much more scientific, much more uh, accurate about what we're talking about, and able to defend the things that we do compared to what's in the mainstream. Well, and I think that for those of us who've written those same letters, I, nobody's ever sent a letter to my no no I, no insurance company's ever obliged my medical board to come down on me mm-hmm. for the, for the same thing. But it's I certainly have had plenty of correspondence with in the exactly the same context. I mean, it, with the exception of the medical board part, mm-hmm. but there's a squabbling over these tests, which of course you and I both know are are sort of fundamental in and also in terms of being able to discern the basis of uh, irritable bowel and oh, all, yeah. all kinds of d- destructive situations that mm-hmm. that are that, that can be it can be simply a, a path breaking and revelatory in terms of people's health uh, situations absolutely so, I, I, I think these tests uh, are are so scientifically grounded uh, that we lose track in the mainstream of how intimate the gastrointestinal tract is with the immune system and how it becomes the origin or the seat right. of a lot of diseases that we see in that are chronic diseases today. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of literature published in mainstream peer-reviewed gastrointestinal and, and other uh, journals that document that these tests are very valuable, yet even our gastroenterologists are not paying attention to it. Now, it, 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 there's a big disconnect there, and, 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 and maybe what we can do before we can, we need to take a break in uh, two or three minutes, okay. but is um, help our, our audience understand your perspective of why it is that what you just said is so. Okay. Why is that so? Okay, well, first of all, the intestinal tract has about a thousand different kinds of microbes that live there. They live in a complex ecosystem where they do us favors and we do them favors. Actually, let me jump in here. That wasn't quite what I meant. Okay. The question I meant, why is it so that our gastroenterologists uh, don't are, are not are not hearkening to this uh, this this new, this next new step as you if you will. Okay, well they're immersed in technology. They put tubes everywhere to try and find things. They'll mm-hmm. do a colonoscopy, they'll do a, uh, a upper GI endoscopy, they'll look at the gallbladder through tubes. Right. Uh, they'll do all kinds of fancy tests uh, to try and figure out what's happening. But when it comes to the actual nutritional side of medicine or looking at the biochemistry of the gut, they really don't, they aren't trained. And mm-hmm. when you throw something new at them that they haven't uh, really been trained to understand, they're negative about accepting it. I remember talking about using probiotics, which are just friendly microbes in the gut, about 15 years ago when our patients uh, at the hospital were getting C. difficile enterocolitis, which is something that happens to people who are on antibiotics in the hospital for a long time when they're taken orally especially. And they were saying, oh, no, you don't know what you're doing and all this. And finally, after about six in a row, cases were referred to me by the gastroenterologist because these patients were refractory to treatment. And we started them on the principles involved with what we're talking about. Every one of them was well in a week. You would think that would have changed things, but it didn't. Oh, my gosh. Well, we need to take a break right now, Len, so please hang with us here. We're here at KSBY 91.3 in Sonoma. Len will be with us here in a couple of weeks uh, at Reader's Books talking about his new book, A Return to Healing. So please stay with us. We're at KSBY Health Matters. Be back with you in a couple of minutes. Tonight on the town on the 20. 
Hear what's happening in Sonoma. Hey, it's Ken Brown from The Morning Show. It's tonight on The Town, Wednesday, the 19th of August. City Council's meeting tonight at the Community Meeting Room at 6 p.m. You could watch it on SVTV Channel 27 or on the web at svtv27.com. Keep your dial right there because Reefer Madness starts at midnight on the Sonoma Drive-In. Murphy's Irish Pub has trivia night at 7 p.m., 9350660. Friends of the Sonoma Valley Library has a sale tonight at 5.30. In the Loop is playing at the Sebastiani Theater. The Harvest Moon Cafe has French music by Michel Saga and a movie to go as well. And for more information about everything going on in the Valley, just click on our complete calendar of Sonoma Valley events. Use the red Sonoma Now button found on the top left of our Sonoma Sun Web Portal at ksvy.org. You can even submit your own event, all from Three House Multimedia and your community radio station, KSVY 91.3 FM in Sonoma Valley. The Sonoma Chapter of Businessmen's Fellowship International will be hosting a dinner meeting open to the general public at the Sonoma Valley Women's Club on Friday, August 28th at 6.30 p.m. Guest speaker for the evening is Ron Ogren. He will be sharing his experience of being critically injured, his seven death experiences in the hospital, and then his complete and total healing by the power of God. Come join us. Dinner is by donation. For further information, call 996-0822. Hello, I'm Dusty Baker. I've lived all over the state, fished the rivers, and boated on the Delta. I love California. Water is more than a critical resource. It's everything for our state, and it's becoming more scarce. We all have to think about and use water differently. Look at how you use water inside and outside and save where you can. Let's all step up to the plate and make a difference. To learn more, log on to SaveOurH2O.org. This message brought to you by the Save Our Water Public Education Program. KSVY, Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke today with Dr. Len uh, Saputo and yep. his, his new book called A Return to Healing. So, Len, we were uh, just starting to ruminate a little out loud about you know, the, specific, the specifics of your integral medicine and, and how you started, how you were sort of famous, I guess, for, for being kind of a one of the groundbreakers in the Bay Area here for 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 paying attention to people like Dick Coonan and others. Um, maybe what we should do is also tell our audience just briefly about how it is you stumbled into this. You 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 mentioned in the book the story of your wife and and uh, and that whole project. Maybe we could talk briefly about that. Sure. You know, as as I got into medicine uh, for about twenty five years, I was just like any other doctor. I was infatuated by drugs and surgeries and technologies. I worked in the ICU and CCU. I was in the biggest groups at the hospital who did that. And I was really getting to a place where I was questioning some of the things we were doing because I was seeing the patients over and over again. They weren't getting better, using more and more drugs. It was like a, a, a drug soup a lot of the time. We treated patients. And about that time, my, wife, my own wife got sick. And she had a condition where she was having recurring attacks of severe allergies. were called primary anaphylaxis. And what this means is she was having attacks where she would have uh, very ser- severe allergies that would lead to GI problems, to low blood pressure, to hives all over her body. 
and she'd have to inject herself with adrenaline and some other drugs to bring her out of the attacks. Uh, we call it primary anaphylaxis because we didn't know what the cause was. We saw the best people who were allergists in our area and eventually took her to Stanford Grand Rounds in Immunology where they made the diagnosis and said she's one of about 25 people in the world who have this condition and she'd probably be on steroids, prednisone, and some other drugs that are anti-allergic for years and maybe the rest of her life. And your wife is a nurse, we should mention. Yeah, she's an RN, so right. we, we were really terrified. Probably the, the worst reaction we ever had was in Hong Kong. We were on a vacation there, and we're in the middle of uh, just coming back from dinner. We get to our room, and she, her feet start to swell up, and she starts to have GI symptoms. She faints because her blood pressure is below 60, and I'm sitting there wondering, what am I going to do? I don't have any supplies here uh, that I need, and so I call the hotel hoping that there's a nurse on duty in an emergency kit. To my shock, there is. We wind up giving her several injections of adrenaline and putting her on prednisone and coming home as quick as we could. Well, we finally stumbled on a test that was a little bit different. It's the one you mentioned uh, earlier, Ned, uh, the ELISA ACT test that uh, yeah. Ceramune Labs does and Russ Jaffe invented. Right. And uh, it turns out on this test, even though all the tests that are done in the mainstream show no allergies, no positive rash test, no skin test, no nothing. Now, I think, they think that that particular point is what's so important to so many so many people. They, mm -hmm. they, they, they said, I took all those tests, but they don't show anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. So right. forgive me for jumping in. But no, that's, please do. But that is always, the, they say, there's not an allergy problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly, or right. it's some kind of unknown allergy that's occurring, right. so Mysterious. we'll call it primary anaphylaxis. <laughs> right. So we did this test, and we find 41 allergies. Wow. Okay, and so we're going, she's allergic to olive oil, to garlic, to, to dairy, to corn. Her GI tract is, is so overreactive, and keeping in mind that the intestinal tract has about 60% of all the immune cells in our body. And when the pores of the gut are too big and too many uh, molecules come across that normally would be filtered out based on their large size, when those pores are too big, they come across anyway. They challenge the immune system uh, to begin to dysregulate and be hyperreactive. And these are the kinds of delayed reactions you see that can cause anaphylaxis. Now, this was news to the medical profession because they, they really didn't pay attention to their literature again. So when we discovered that, took her off all the things she was sensitive to. She's well in three months. She's off of her steroids. Uh, the problems she had with the steroids, because she was on them for quite a while, led to bone thinning and a bone fracture, led to some uh, gastrointestinal problems that were related to an ulcer, right. uh, a lot of psychological things that occur. So this was a big deal. And uh, this was a way that we actually got her cured. And today she has no symptoms at all. Uh, she takes a few supplements. That's about it. She's on no steroids or antihistamines. It opened up my eyes. This opened you opened the door for you. Exactly. And and uh, fortunately, I should say, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Fortunately, there was a place to go to through that door. And uh, this hasn't always been true. And but you were able to walk through that door, from what I read anyway. Mm -hmm. And you were, on the other side, you were able to find a world of what I been for the last 30 years calling positive biology yeah where we're where we're looking for uh, we're looking at a different a different paradigm we're looking at a different picture so I I have to believe that or not I don't have to I can read that you believe that this paradigm needs to not only become sort of accepted but in in the medical environment but also 
the fact that this has been so vig- vigorously excluded, this, 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 this searching for a positive biology or positive biological terrain or, or the kinds of things you talk about cellular health as being the sort, of the, the sort of the keystone of preventive medicine, which, of course, is way, way in advance of waiting for the disease to emerge, which is what modern medicine chooses to do. Sure. You're saying that you're telling us that, we, that, that just single payer by itself, as good as that may be, is not really enough because what we need to do is we need to accept a new paradigm in medicine. Sure. So let's take a few minutes and talk about your perspective on that, the, 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 the acceptance of this larger paradigm and, and kind of how do you frame that in the, in the book? Okay, it's going back to natural medicine. This is, you know, thousands of years old, okay. where we try to support wellness rather than try to fight disease after it's happened. Okay. The old argument between Pasteur and Beauchamp, you know, Pasteur discovers the microbe, uh, he says this is the cause of disease, and it was the microbes attack the body because somehow they're pathogenic and it causes all kinds of problems. Beauchamp is saying, hey, there's another way to look at this. You can look at how uh, the defenses of the body are strong and able to keep the microbe from coming in. And, uh, of course, both are right, because there is certainly something to the pathogenicity of of a bug. I mean, if bubonic plague is all over the place, you better stay away from it, because even if you're strong, that may take you down. But there will be many, many people who don't get sick because the biological terrain, meaning the immune system, our body's ability to fight disease is strong. And it's that combination that is what makes us determine whether we're going to be sick or not. My philosophy now has come to embrace them both in a way that medicine doesn't. Modern medicine doesn't. It's really in a war against uh, disease. It's fight cancer, fight heart disease, uh, fight prostate uh, problems, fight uh, hypertension, fight diabetes and obesity. And it's about really doing the right things instead of fighting against things that go wrong because we don't take care of ourselves because our lifestyle isn't very good. That's your bottom line. Well, you, you, you in a variety of different, very convincing ways, I think your your book highlights your, your personal story in terms of the step-by-steps that you've taken as a physician. For instance, the, the uh, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, for instance, when you, in, in just to to give our listeners a, a sort of a, a thumbnail about how it is for the, a modern medical physician like yourself who, who's, who wants to bring in CoQ10 to support his patients in the hospital. Tell us right. that story. That was really cool. That was about 10 years or 15 years. Uh, it's about 10 years ago. <clears throat> I knew that coenzyme Q10, is, which is an interesting nutrient, it's very important for energy production in the body uh, and a very powerful antioxidant and a number of other things. Uh, I thought that this would be something that we would want to have on our hospital formulary. And so I put together uh, a, lot, a lot of the literature that was available, including some from the mainstream. And I went to a, I, I called together a pharmacy meeting, a pharmacy committee meeting, where usually there are three or four people. And I find about 15 or 20 people at the meeting, all with big eyes and ears, wondering what's in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, you know, there are people who should be on, these, on, on this supplement regularly. There are people who take statin drugs, for example, can't make coenzyme Q10 because the statins block its production. And that can lead to congestive heart failure, and it can lead to muscle weakness and, and, and problems in the body with low antioxidant levels. And for people who are on certain kinds of chemotherapy, like adriamycin, if you give them this coenzyme Q10 at the time you're giving the adriamycin, you have a good chance of preventing the heart damage that occurs so frequently with this drug, with adriamycin. 
So I present all this information and saying, oh, this sounds good, that's interesting, well, we'll give it some consideration. So I thought, well, nobody objected, so it's obviously going to pass. Well, next month when the meeting came along, I came back, and all these people are there again. I said, how did it go? They said, well, we've decided not to accept it. <laughs> well, why not? Is, is there some danger to coenzyme Q10? And what it boiled down to is they didn't want new things that were in a field that they knew little about uh, to be part of the formulary. They said it was too new, that we needed more research. And I'm going, this is one of the oldest supplements of all time. There's good research on it. We should have it there. So now 10 years later, I check back. <clears throat> it's on the formulary. But at the time, I think what it was was a, kind of a turf war because what I was trying to do is begin to look at nutrition as a kind of medicine that we use in everybody who's in the hospital because nutrition is such an important part of our recovery process. And I wanted to start a, a Department of Clinical Nutrition. And so now there are people's uh, turf being and then invaded. You get the pushback, yeah. Yeah, lots of it. So <laughs> I got nowhere with that. Wow. Well, I, I think that that, and of course, that's the very thing that my clients who come to me, I'm a natural medicine physician, and when when clients come to me and their their doctors are saying they, they poo-poo CoQ10 or they poo-poo sure. all that kind of stuff, but of course, what they don't say is, I don't under, I don't know about it, I don't, I, didn't, I never studied it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If it's, I don't know it, it doesn't count. So right. It's kind well, of like a naive arrogance. And, no, I mean, it, it must be it must be something that doesn't matter because they didn't teach me that in medical school. Right. Well, I I used to have wonderful arguments with uh, uh, my nutrition uh, medical teacher at uh, uh, UCSF Medical School, um, <laughs> who's uh, Marion Nessel. Does the name Marion Nessel ring a bell? No. Mar well, Marion Nessel is a she was used to be dean of the of UCSF um, Medical School. Or uh, I guess it was associate dean, but she, one of the things she did when I was a student there, she she taught um, the the first course in nutrition at UCF Medical School in 1976. It was, mm -hmm. and uh, she poo pooed a lot of this stuff too. And it, what's funny now is Marion Nessel is now one of the she's at, now she's at NYU and she's she's the one that ABC calls when they want to have a conversation about nutrition or that kind of thing. And she's now all completely on board with all these things that you and I know. Uh, are about as being sort of central to the sort of recovery process of well-being coming to so coming around to that you 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 have a, you call cellular health the key the key concept to under understanding the, the new science of medicine and you you break it down in a very efficient way and i thought uh if you could share that with our audience that would give them something to something to chew on a little bit yeah i have to say when i present this concept at grand rounds the doctors look at me like there's something wrong with this, but I don't know what it is. Uh -huh. And they, they can't ask any questions because they don't know what to ask, and they're right. kind of like dumbfounded. But here's the story. Yeah, please. I have this idea that, and, and it's, I didn't invent this. This is something that is old, actually. Yeah. Uh, if all your cells are healthy, how are you going to be sick? You can't. Right. So if you go by the theory that, or by the by this approach that if your cells are healthy, you can't be sick, you have to look at the ways that a cell will malfunction. And there are only four. One is genetic. If you have a genetic defect and you can't make a certain nutrient or a certain kind of product that your body requires, it's like not having a spark plug or a steering wheel or a tire if you're making a car. It's not going to function right. Secondly, we know that what you think, your psycho-spiritual health, has a profound effect on the biochemistry and physiology of your body. Absolutely clear. We know that. Everybody agrees with it. That's two things. The third thing that can make a cell not work right is if you don't put in 
the uh, raw materials that it needs to be able to produce its products and to make energy and to sustain itself. That's what nutrition is about. So if you're missing something uh, in your diet, or even if you eat the perfect diet and you can't digest, absorb, keep the toxins out, can't get that nutrient across cell membranes, can't get the right carrier protein to take it the right part of the cell, you may have a problem. So nutrition becomes the third thing that really matters to make sure that cells can function properly. The only other thing that will make a cell malfunction is if you put something in there that doesn't belong there. It might be a microbe of different kinds, a virus or bacteria or a fungus or something like that. It might be an environmental toxin or it might be physical trauma. Those are the only ways that a cell can malfunction, and they are always responsible for every disease that has ever existed on the planet. And if we go back and think of it that way, as we look at illness and then try to restore normal metabolism so that the cells do work right, it gives us specific tools to start looking at some of the basic causes of why we get sick in the first place rather than do what we do in mainstream medicine, which is find signs and symptoms and pathological findings to give the disease a name like diabetes or tuberculosis or hypertension or whatever, and then use a bunch of drugs to suppress their symptoms. Totally different concept. This makes sense, doesn't it? It does indeed. And, and you, one of the joys of your books is that, is that you, you make that so available, that, that concept is so available. And so it's, it's going to be easy for the reader to be able to, to walk through your thinking process and, and come to the point where they recognize that, ah, that, that, that what we've had in, in modern medicine is really, they may not think it all the way through, but it's, it's a consequence of industrial development. Yep. It, it seems to me, and that's the way I describe it to my clients. I say, well, you know, modern medicine is, is a wonderful series of, of, of developments that arose in the midst of a, of a vastly uh, interesting and, and, and also vastly successful industrial development process. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we're using pharmaceuticals as the primary tools of, of action are, after all, they're, they're, the, they're every bit as much a part of the industrial apparatus as anything else on, on the material plane. And what we've done is we've just become so skewed with thinking of healthcare as a consumer product and something that we should be, that should always be bought and sold, then uh, the, the, we, we're lost in that paradigm, and we're also lost in the materialist paradigm as, as if everything has to have has to be built around either both a profit and loss issue as well as a material issue. If, if we, so we've gotten ourselves stuck in the 20th century, and what you say in your book basically is we we need to take a step out of the 20th century and all the successes that that provided us and move into the 21st century into this new paradigm. And you're suggesting, as I read your your writing here, that that our current moment in healthcare is a moment where we we probably should be embracing this new medicine. So when we come back from our break, and we need to take another one, so please bear with us, Len, uh, we'll, we'll want to talk about how you envision us actually in today's political climate, how you envision us you know, how can you guide us to, to be useful in, into the current medical discussion? Are you willing to do that? Absolutely. I mean, I love the politics of medicine, and I'll say some shocking things. Good. Well, please stay with us. 
We'll be back with you. We're talking to Len Saputo, who will be our guest here in Sonoma at Reader's Books, uh, August the 27th, 27th at 7.30 p.m. We're talking about his new book, A Return to Healing. Please stay with us. We're at KSVY 91.3, Sonoma Health Matters. We'll be back with you in just about a minute. Well, we're supposed to be back. Doesn't seem to want to do it. The public is invited to attend the City of Sonoma's Sonoma Citizens Organized to Prepare for Emergencies training presented by Sonoma Valley Fire and Rescue Training Team on Friday, August 28th, 1 to 4 p.m. at Vintage House at 264 1st Street East. To register, call Vintage House 996 996-0311. 996-0311. I made you some eggs. Thanks, Dad. You see on Judy yet? No. She called your mom every day, you in Afghanistan. Yeah, I know. Want the sports section? Sure. When a vet comes home, the silences can be deafening. You may not know what to say, but we can help start the conversation. Visit supportyourvet.org. Brought to you by Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. KSVY. Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Again, we're... Today with Len Saputo, uh, a return to healing, a radical healthcare reform and the future of medicine. A truly wonderful book in my view. And uh, Len is going to now, we're going to talk about um, how, do we, how do we as citizens participate in this moment of healthcare transformation? How do, we, how do we take, in your view, all that's known and help the whole situation move forward? So... Can you give our give us some guidance uh, in in your view? Okay, let's take an overview here. I think that the only way, first of all, that we're going to ever uh, have health care reform is at the grassroots level. Congress has deserted us. Congress is now responsive to corporate America. We've lost democracy in this country. As long as they're responsive to corporate America and they're open to bribes, which basically is what this is boiling down to, and this is well described. I mean, just look at the movie Sicko and what Michael Moore talked about in that, as well as many articles that are available in, in magazines like the New York Times. Uh, they spend about a million dollars a day now on politicking just with Congress. So Congress is no longer responsive to we the people, and what they're doing is they're more interested in the money, and there's a conflict of interest there that needs to stop. Americans have silly have been very silly about just sitting back and taking this. We know that it's happening, but we haven't taken an active stance. We can't allow the conflict of interest to take our democracy away from us. So what we need to do is either not elect these people, but that really isn't going to solve the problem because they'll just be new faces doing the same thing. It's sort of like rearranging the chairs on the, on the deck of the Titanic as it's sinking. If we go back and do some grassroots-level things like we're doing in Walnut Creek right now, just a little town not far from Sonoma, uh, we have a program where we're making changes in the nutrition or the diet of the people in Contra Costa County. 
And what we've done is we have put together a panel of about 25 health experts in nutrition from all the various uh, uh, medical centers and hospitals in our area and come up with three things that we think are important. One is that we get the high fructose corn syrup out of the diet, uh, at least not in the first three ingredients of a food. There will be no trans fats, and there will be more fiber uh, than we have in, in what we're eating now by a lot. Those three things would make a huge difference uh, in the health of Americans. And we have, a, we have managed to convince every mayor in Contra Costa County to take a pledge to follow those three principles. That's a grassroots-driven movement that tells us that it's possible for us to reclaim the things that we need to reclaim to have a good diet, to be able to serve our kids the food that they, they should have to grow well, and to take care of our health as well. We're going to extend that to, to uh, exercise as well, and we're in the process of putting together another panel to come up with, with what is really going to be exercise 101 ideas of what we should be doing. Between the two of those processes, with eating a healthy diet and exercising on a regular basis, you will cut back disease in America by 75%. I think that's a, a conservative estimate. We can take back democracy at the grassroots level. We don't have to depend on our Congress to make laws that will regulate what we eat. We need to have a positive attitude about how we're teaching people up and giving them programs that they can follow that are at the grassroots level that make change happen. And when it happens at the local level and begins to spread, it will then affect the people who are making products because they want to sell things that people are going to buy. That's the way America can take back democracy by taking care of ourselves. Wow. Well, that certainly is a, 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 a bold and, 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 as you say, a very local um uh, investment in 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 a such, and of course, I can imagine there are probably a lot of listeners out there that that think high fructose corn syrup. Wait yeah. a minute, how how it's like? Well, let's see, we should. It, it, that's about the level of you know sweeping the streets or something. But it's, it's such a small item, or mm-hmm. or you know trans fats. I mean, these all sound like such sort of elitist kind of marginal things. Right. And and you're saying uh, and and investing your time and energy in creating an environment which you claim. Are going to have a, a, a you say seventy five percent health outcome benefit to yeah. to the, to the to the good for the the, the the majority of citizens who participate in this in this uh, transition. Exactly, so, we have to get Congress to stop subsidizing the production of high fructose corn syrup. Well, they that, pay them to do that to poison us. Right, exactly. That led to this epidemic of obesity and type two diabetes and hypertension and heart disease and strokes, etc. So the the movie King Corn and and uh-huh. and, and uh, Food Inc. and mm-hmm. and uh, the future of food these are all movies that have been meaningful to you, I presume. Absolutely. Uh huh. I think these are things that we have to pay attention to. Okay. I think if we can stop those subsidies and start taxing them, and maybe giving subsidies to people who are making good food available to us, whole foods. I'm not talking. I mean, if you eat a, a watermelon or a squash or, or some, you know, any other kind of vegetable, that's a food. But what you're buying in the grocery store is something called a food product. It comes in a cellophane wrapper. It's got an ingredient list, and it's adulterated with all kinds of additives and preservatives and pesticides and hormones and antibiotics. 
that's not healthy. Mother I, Nature didn't make it that way. I, I have to, I have to say I, I don't you you and I most of us take pleasure with Michael Pollan's commentary on this yeah. on this topic. Yeah. I, I, I it just makes my heart glad just to hear him speak. Mm-hmm. He talks about food like substances. Yeah, and and how America has become a, a land of food like substances, <laughs> and how we have to sort of look those squarely in the face. And yeah, we wonder why we're sick, and we're spending two point three trillion dollars a year, which is seventy five hundred dollars per person per year. Right. And 18% of the gross national product. And we're still ranked what in the world? Right. We're 37 right. in, in overall quality of health care. That's a disaster that defines for you that this is not something that's service-oriented. It's, a, it's an economy. It's an, ec- it's an economical thing. America's democracy has been replaced by an economy. Right. Well, that, that of course, is that, and, and here's another hard one that I, I struggle with, not myself personally so much, but with in, in trying to explain the sort of social consequence. And I, I, I rail against health care as a consumer product, and the, 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 and I, and I seem to feel that there's the the limited perception in people's minds of of healthcare as a consumer product. It's it's comfortable for people because then they can sort of buy and sell it, and then you can either be rich and have all you want, or be poor and then not get enough. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 left it's left at this sort of simple zone, and if and, and you don't have to deal with with the complexity of the of the of the society we live in by by considering medical care, you know, largely you know bounded by the consumer product nature of it exactly. and, and so what concerns me is is that the, the, the great number of my clients or not sure just my clients but my society really doesn't want to break out of that kind of consumerist idea about health care and 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 they and so that we we can't really think very creatively or very positively about it because to, to, to open that door to open up to, to crack through that consumer mentality about it means you have to think about the larger issues of social welfare, the larger issues of of uh, the community, the larger issues of of of, respo- of self responsibility as well as collective responsibility, and also all the the complexity that you've just mentioned, the complexity of we have a we have a uh, we've lost our democracy in effect. We know we're we've, we've been taken over by the corporatocracy, and there's the the uh, medical industrial complex, and and so on. So for for people to sort of live with their consciousness alive in this world. And it's 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 pretty hard to do, and so it's, I can see how a lot of people will will want. As we're dealing with this complexity of healthcare in today's conversation with President Obama and et cetera, et cetera, how people are sort of shrinking away from it rather than being able to feel like they can expand into the conversation. Well, you have to be the change you want to see. It starts with each individual person. Uh-huh. You know, Pogo said it. We found the enemy. And and we're the only ones who can really make any kind of change at all in ourselves. And if enough of us do that, it's Uh not stoppable. Uh That's why Gandhi, who invented that little phrase, that catchy little phrase, be the change you want to be, was so successful in what he did. Uh And I think that's what America needs to do. We need to evolve to another level of human nature, of humanity. Mm. And until we become more giving and sharing and loving, uh, we're going to be in the narcissistic, materialistic mode that we reside in right now, and that's doomed to only make things worse. And it's not just in medical care that this is a problem. It's in business, in law, in medicine, in religions, in science, in sport. It crosses all boundaries of our culture. So until we evolve to a better level, we become the change we want to see. We want to give rather than take. We want to live in community rather than be narcissistic. We're going to be right where we are. 
So the bottom line of this book is it's not just about health care. It's about the future of humanity. Thank you. And that's, uh, so, so now as we come back to the discussion of physicianing favor, favoring single-payer, mm-hmm. you mentioned that uh, John Guyman's book, uh, Do Not Resuscitate, Why the Healthcare Industry is Dying and How We Must Replace It. Um, mm-hmm. You say that he's, he writes that private health insurance is obsolete. Let's talk, just before our last few minutes, let's talk a little bit about how you view that and what, what should, as a business model, how should we move forward with this? Well, we, I mean, what I just said about humanity right. is the bottom line of all this. Right. The insurance industry is a flagrant example of how things can be used in a narcissistic way uh, to help the wealthy and to deprive the poor. They have demonstrated beyond any doubt that they're not responsible, they're not interested in, pro- in providing service, they are primarily interested in profits for their, uh, for their investors, this is a return on an investment deal. Uh, they will give bonuses to their chiefs. Uh, they will do anything they can uh, to not give you service and to withhold uh, as much money as they can from the premiums you pay. They have proven to us that they cannot be responsible, and why should we then continue to give them what they're asking for? Now they're crying if we have a public option or we have single-payer that that would really interfere with their business. Well, too damn right, and that's the way it should be. Right. They've already burned their bridges as far as I'm concerned, and I think that the sad part about this is that they own Congress. And as long as they own Congress and Congress doesn't represent us, we're what I would call screwed. (laughs) Where do you go with that? So, yes, by all means, a single-payer. Is the, is the way to go. Get rid of them. Let them let them be something like they are in Canada, which is about 30%, okay, of the insurance that's there. Now, I have to tell you, I haven't got much confidence in government either. I don't want them running my show. I'm kind of, a, I'm like a Republican who, who votes like a Democrat mm. because of how terrible things are in this country that way. Mm-hmm. So until we have some kind of control over businesses like that or until we actually evolve to a higher level, there's no place to go. You can't really make change that's going to stick through legislation. It helps. But it's by inspiration that we change. So that's we're, what, No, no. So we really, we really are sort of stuck with the citizen's action that you proposed uh, yes. just, just a moment ago. Yes. And that, so, in other words, rather than investing in hope with Mr. Obama, we should invest in hope with ourselves. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not running away from Obani, Obama yet. I voted for him, and I'm very impressed with what he, what he did, uh, what he has been doing, too. Uh-huh. And my suspicion is that this guy is so smart, and I'm hoping and praying that this is true, right. that what he's done is he's let Congress hang themselves. Mm-hmm. He knows that 69% of America wants a single-payer system. And that's becoming very glaringly true uh, to we the people uh, that uh, Congress is not going to be responsive to the 69% majority that wants that. They're going to be bought off and they're going to do what, what big pharma and what uh, the insurance industry wants. And as long as we're in that paradigm of thinking, it's over. I mean, we have nothing we can do to control Congress. Right. That's why the grassroots movement and social transformation is the cornerstone of success for us. Well, Len, you've given us a great deal to think about, and you are gonna, you're, we're going to be 
pleased to join you uh, a week from this tomorrow, actually, a week from tomorrow, Thursday the 27th, here at Reader's Books in Sonoma, talking about your new book, A Return to Healing. Len, it's a, a, a true inspiration to read this book and to talk with you and to, to hear your thoughts. And thanks so much for joining us today. Ned, it's really nice to meet you, and thanks for the opportunity. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Well, that is about as good a conversation about this very tr- uh, big topic of the moment uh, that uh, we're dealing with, the health care of today. And I'm happy to hear that Len is uh, following closely with uh, uh President Obama and sort of sticking with him because it's been a trouble for me. I've been struggling with that. And I have got new inspiration just from this very moment. So, that said, uh, let's see. Coming up, uh, Valerie Pistoli, the lawyers uh, in the next program after ours, she's going to be welcoming Chris Adrian, a criminal lawyer who's going to be talking about citizens' rights and citizens' responsibilities. That's here right at KSVY. And uh want you to always keep us in mind. Uh, let us know your thoughts um, in terms of what you like or don't like about our programs. We're always happy to have you with us. And if you cannot pos- pacify your spirit and you let your mind be complicated with desires and worries, your disease will not be cured. To be healthy, you, can, you must avoid anger and worry and keep your mind happy, your heart at ease, and your desires at low levels. That's the guidance of the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine. And I wanted to read something that uh, from this book, if I can find it quickly here, that Len says about, if I can find it, oh please, I may not be able to find it. Hold on one second here. Uh, no, I cannot find it. Oh well. Anyway, it is an excellent book. I do encourage you to come to Reader's Books a week from tomorrow and look at it. Again, A Return from Healing, A Return to Healing, A Radical Healthcare Reform for the Future of Medicine. Anyway, our Health Matters motto is healthcare isn't a noun, it's a verb. Thanks for joining us again today. We look for you always this week. Every week, that is, here on Wednesday between 1 and 2 o'clock. And until next week, I bid you well. <laughs>